0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Did You Watch The Race? This week, we'll be reviewing the Japanese Grand Prix. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I've been watching F1 for four years.
1: I'm Colm, and I've been watching F1 for four years. It's just myself and Gemma this week, and um, so let's get stuck in. So, did you watch the race?
0: No, I did not. Did you watch the race?
1: I did, I watched it. It was actually really, really good. Some people said it was boring, but I thought it was quite good. I think the biggest thing is that, obviously, Max is back on form. He won. Um, I think people say that's a bit boring. But I think the rest of the race was really good. But you can, I don't know, you watched the highlights. What do you think? I did.
0: I thought, personally, that the highlights didn't really do it justice. Um, I felt I really missed out on a lot of potential conflicts that were not either developed in the highlights or we're kind of brushed over there was one point about halfway through the video where it was like five cars were dnf'd and i was like where what where's this happened like
1: <laughs> okay before actually we start and um, mm. do you want to just jump back to last week we had singapore and we actually forgot to rank it
0: even though we said that it was arguably the best race in the season yeah so will i open up the the rankings Yes. Everyone will be desperate to hear what our, our ranking is.
1: Spoilers. I vote first. Do you? Do you show uh, Where Z. is it? If you find that you open it up, I have already put it in.
0: <laughs> have you? Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. Columns already put it in.
1: So Gemma, what do you think? Do you think it should be in first?
0: I, I genuinely do. I think it was a really exciting race. I think the pace was good. I think it was exciting. It had enough kind of conflicts and drama without it being very stop start maybe like Australia was. Um, it had uh, a solid pace sort of like Monaco in the bit of a whoo, whoo, like moments. Um, And I definitely think it deserves first place for yeah, that, for the season.
1: Yeah, I think it was the most exciting Of all the races so far. Yeah. Could, like, again, Mick said it last week. It's what the season could have been if it weren't for Red Bull domination.
0: So, top five then is number one, Singapore. Number two, Austria. Number three, Spain. Number four, Netherlands. Number five, Monaco. So, Silverstone has been bumped out of the top five. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, Brits. So now we have ranked last week's race. We can get on to discussing the Japan Grand Prix. So, because it was on so early, sleepy heads like myself did not get up. So, Column, first of all, will we talk a little bit about Quali? Was there anything? Did you watch Quali, and was there anything of note?
1: So, no, actually, I didn't watch Quali. I watched the highlights. I don't think there was many things to point out other than the actual like placements and stuff so mm-hmm. obviously piastri in p2 which was phenomenal for him I think he's obviously having a great season next one was yeah, stroll went out in q1 i don't know what's happening to him he's really fallen off in the second half of the season
0: yeah he's having a terrible time of it and we'll talk about his uh, i was gonna say participation because that's the only word i can use to describe what he did oh, in that race
1: yeah <laughs> um and then uh, lawson had a really good quality as well and Sargent yes. has crash did he he crashed in Q1 and brought out a red flag yeah um, and I think sick. at the minute he's number one for causing the most damage and um, and funnily enough I think Stroll is second
0: I'd say he's probably second at this point yeah after the last two races even the well sorry even after Singapore the damage
1: can you guess who's third I'm gonna say Perez yes
0: yes I thought he, he was up there for sure.
1: Yeah. And especially after this weekend.
0: Um, genuinely, all I have to base off my uh, observations for this race is the eight minute Sky F1 summary and oh. all of the memes on Reddit. And I
1: I think Sky started doing uh, half an hour highlight reels. Oh, did they? Yeah, Sky oh, Sports, I... I think they started doing half, half an hour highlight reels. Um, so you could probably watch that I know it's a bit late now but if you feel the urge to look back and see if you wanted to catch any more drama um,
0: I did because I feel like there were some out of context moments that were not explained in the highlights obviously because they were highlights so I'll definitely go back and have a look
1: yeah so I guess we'll start with Red Bull purely because they won the Constructors this weekend so congratulations to them uh, I saw a couple of memes floating about of uh, Perez. Oh, what was it? It was a really funny meme, actually, of like people pushing a pickup truck. And <laughs> a guy was in the back of the pickup truck pushing the the front. Do you know what I mean? So like he was in the boot pushing. <laughs> like, And it was like, this is Perez's contribution to the championship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Now I really now need to have a look at the points breakdown and see like what percentage Perez's points contribution was oh, to the constructors?
1: I think it's like 30%. It's That is. It's massive gap. I think if you look at this points it goes Max, Perez, Hamilton, um Alonso, I think. Mm-hmm. But from Alonso down, the difference between Max and Perez is greater than from Alonso down.
0: What god and I mean it is I mean fair play to Red Bull they had absolutely no competitors from the start like this is not shocking information at all to anyone Um, but it's kind of mad yeah the Constructors Championship is now won with like what four races to go five races to go we still have a good few to go
1: okay here is the stats here so Max has a whopping 400 points and then Perez has 223 which isn't like to scoff he's obviously still second but like he's not doing as much as you'd expect of someone in that car. Um but so that's roughly what 177.
0: That's the gap.
1: Yeah. So Lewis is in third with 190 and then Alonso is fourth with 174. So the gap between Max and Perez is 3 points greater than Alon- uh, than Alonso in fourth.
0: That's absolutely insane. Like And surely they should like, oh, once he hit 400 points, can we just stop? Can we just stop counting?
1: Yeah, I think um, what's the next race? Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. So once Max wins Qatar, I'd imagine that he can retire for the rest of the season and Danny Rick can race for Red Bull and then they can do good out for the seat.
0: Honestly, I would love to see that. That would be something very interesting. The Drive to Survive production crew would be salivating over the mere idea of that.
1: <laughs> oh, I'd say they're already salivating over it, like, especially after this race. So obviously Max had a great race, um, way out in front. I assume Finished, he
0: just chilled out front.
1: Oh, 100%. It was typical weekend for him. Obviously Singapore was a hiccup, but he's back to form like it's every other race you would have seen this year. However, Paris, on the other hand, had an absolute terrible race like i'm pretty sure he was in a bumper car like it was how
0: many how many cars did he bump into because i saw the uh the main one i saw was the magnuson one but i saw so many memes of just
1: oh like the the place
0: out of how bad he was
1: i don't think the rest of them was that bad the magnuson was particularly bad um like it just like it didn't look like he should have been there at all he just clipped him and Magnussen spun around and Perez just plowed on, which is great for Perez, but like still, it was awful. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he had, so he had contact in like the first couple of laps. Then he needed to go in and get his front wing changed. He came out really far behind. He was trying his best to push up and coming up to Magnussen. I don't know. He tried to take him on the inside and just clipped him and spun him around, but he got damaged in his front wing again. Had to go get another front wing. It was mad. So I don't know if you know the drama about it, but... Um, he actually retired eventually, I think, yes, lap 30 or something. Yes, I a
0: meme that was like, only Max Verstappen could come first in a race that had a double Red Bull t <laughs>
1: Yes, so Red Bull, so Perez pulled in, um, they retired the car, he got out of the car. From mm-hmm. my knowledge, I'd never seen this before, like a driver got out of the car, I thought the engine had been turned off, the team were working on it, but he obviously had penalty points, for, or not penalty points, he had a penalty from his incident with Magnussen, Mm-hmm. Um, and he had another one for crossing or overtaking in the yellow, with the yellow flag. There was a lot of, there was a big incident at the start. I think Joe and Bodas got caught up in it, unfortunately, for the both the Alfa Romeos. Mm-hmm. And Perez got damaged as well. And during the safety car, Perez went to come in and get his front wing changed. But as he was coming in, he overtook someone as he went into the pit lane. Um, right. And he, that's when he got a five second penalty for that yeah and then obviously he got a five second penalty for that scrap with magnuson that was completely Mm -hmm. not magnuson's fault and when he came in they retired the car he got out of the car i think maybe like he was sitting waiting in the car then after a while so like they retired the car he got out i'd say maybe like five to ten laps went on and then he got back in the car and people were like what's going on and then he was sitting in the wings max came into pit and you could just see like the cameraman is like looking at Max getting his tyres changed and then it pans around and Paris is sitting there like he's been there for like three or four laps waiting to get out obviously like looking for some fresh air to get out and just cleanly finish a lap but it was mad like I don't understand I think
0: how is that allowed?
1: I don't know I think what I heard from people is they're saying that it was not an issue before because you know if you if you retire the car and you get out for you know Five laps. There's, there's no hope of you coming back. So there's no point yeah. in even getting back in the car. However, they obviously wanted to serve their penalty to not have it impact the next race. So I think the fact that there was actually no ruling there, where mm, he was allowed to get back in the car and, and go for it. But so, I yeah, the thought, fact
0: there's no specific rule that like he's technically not breaking any of them.
1: Yeah, but I genuinely thought that there was a rule around retiring the car that, and I brought this up last week about Yuki that you weren't allowed to retire the car unless it was a safety issue, and. Mm-hmm. If he was able to get back in the car, like maybe the team fixed it up, but I didn't think he was allowed to get back in the car because if they had retired at first of all, it should have been a safety issue. I don't know. It's the first time I've seen it. It just
0: seems unfair that a driver could retire. And it's not even the retire, like the getting out of the car, working on the car and getting back back into it. It's the serving the penalties where like, if you don't serve the penalties and you retire the car, surely that should be tough shit. Like it seems a bit, bizarre that they haven't cracked down on Red Bull for basically like they were gonna DNF anyway so if they serve their penalties then like it's a win-win for them I just don't really understand how that's yeah. being allowed
1: know. especially because the commentators commented on as well that it had happened previously where people had gotten penalties and retired the car and they weren't asked to serve the penalties afterwards yeah I don't know I think they were just nervous about it but like sure, it sure doesn't even matter they'd won the constructors like Max yeah. had won they were gonna win the constructors it didn't make any difference except to Perez's like points. But it, like,
0: yeah, it's extremely bizarre. I mean, Perez, like, I, 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 don't know, like, what's going through his mind. Obviously, but he seems to be panicking. This behavior, it's, it seems that he's losing a bit, a bit of control in his driving, in his, men, in his attitude towards racing. It's all very strange.
1: Yeah, it's getting real panicked. That's what it seems like. Yeah. It? Mm-hmm. Cool. I think from there we probably move on. Do you want to pick a team?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pick a team. Let's pick Mercedes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Merck obviously this weekend Toto was away.
0: Was he? Was he on his holidays?
1: Yeah, he was on his holidays. I think, or I don't know, but like, let's just say he was on his holidays. Okay. But I think the funny thing then is obviously that the two boys started scrapping. I don't even notice this. Like, it was pretty early on in the race. Yeah. Um, so I think the way it worked out was Hamilton was ahead, and George was pushing him, and eventually George got an overtake on him. Mm-hmm. Was, that was that was the start of it right and then the funny thing was <laughs> hamilton started coming back at him and then they were losing a bit of time and george comes on the radio and he goes are we fighting each other or are we fighting the others like we we're slowing each other down and it was just it was just so ironic because it's like you started this george like
0: george you are your own worst enemy
1: oh it's mad like it was Was well, they had some Good scraps. And they didn't, like, moment each other, but I think on the radio they got on at some point, the engineers, and they said, you know, like, you're actually free to race as long as you leave each other enough space.
0: Very scrappy. and um, they, they definitely weren't... They were being on the edge of civil, I guess. Like, yeah. just about being... I don't
1: think they had their you know. elbows out, in fairness.
0: No, but there definitely was a little bit of something, something. I think there was a bit of tension, but sure, look like... It, that's their both their personalities and I think that's both of their, their style as a driver um, a bit scrappy like that so it made for an interesting bit of the race
1: Um, I think the tyre dig was very uh, intense this weekend mm-hmm. um, a lot more than teams are expecting most teams went for a two pit stop strategy however George didn't he went for the one stop and that caused him a lot of issues I don't know if you saw that on no, the highlights no I didn't yeah so he went for a one tyre or a one stop and he had the hard tires on for a bit longer than other people that really led to a uh, unfortunate situation for him towards the end where his tires were going others were on mm-hmm. fresh tires so i don't know if that came up in the highlights signs was chasing hamilton and george
0: i saw that i saw that so then it well i think it was towards the end that hamilton or george had drs on hamilton and but unfortunately mines had drs on george and I actually overtook him so he Lost another place. Was that it?
1: Yeah. So um, George was leading, followed by Hamilton, then Signs. And George's argument was, don't let Hamilton overtake me because what mm. I can do is provide him DRS and we can hold back Signs for longer. Similar to and in fairness to him, there's only like four laps left, and it was the same strategy that obviously that Signs done last weekend with Lando. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't. He's think working
0: the DRS, she- that lad, isn't he?
1: yeah but in fairness in fairness to him I think it was a good idea however I think Mercedes made the right decision they got on the radio and they are like George this is an order Hamilton is going to overtake you or Lewis is going to overtake you yeah. so I think it was, a, it was a good decision I do think George's plan could have worked but I think from their point of view it was like if Sainz got past Hamilton he was 100% going to get past George if Hamilton went first probably not going to happen so they're going to roll the dice and let them let Sainz overtake both cars or are they going to mm-hmm. make sure that one of them gets through? So, I think they made the right decision in the end. But I can completely see where George was coming from. I think it was a good idea. It was risky, though.
0: And obviously, he got a bit ratty on the radio, but he is a yeah. professional, so he listened to team orders.
1: Um, Hamilton, on the other hand, had a very good race. I thought it was it was a really good race from him. Very enjoyable. Yep. Um, obviously, they were in different strats, so he had pit a second time. Led to some good racing between him, um, him Alonso, and Acon. He done a fantastic move, um, where he got both them.
0: Oh wow, that's good.
1: And within a couple of corners, I don't know if you saw that, and it was it was really good. No. Um. So yeah, I think Hamilton had a very good race. Good driving, kept us cool. He wasn't. I don't. I didn't think I heard many much complaining from him.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, he probably was a bit delighted that he got to. I mean, uh, get the team orders to overtake Russell. So I imagine he was pretty pleased. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, fair play. He
1: wasn't even trying to edge. Hamilton at that point probably probably would have been, wouldn't have would have been to his benefit if he was like trying to scrap with George and George retaliated but yeah
0: yeah, yeah. hope you had a good time in your whole years, Toto
1: oh yeah I suppose you can touch maybe on Alfa Romeo and Williams
0: we just mentioned the Bottas um, incident in the first
1: it was Joe I think Joe Oh, was it, Joe? And I can't even remember what happened. I think it was the fact that the corners are quite tight and there's too many cars and they couldn't see. So, like, it was like a domino effect where mm-hmm. whoever was on the far outside turned in and then whoever was beside them saw them turning in, they had turned in. But the car yeah. behind that person obviously couldn't see the third car, so they only thought there was one car. So when they went for it, they're expecting the outside car to give them space. Yes. But yeah. the outside, outside car. Like, they had nowhere to go, so it ended up in, like, a kind of a chain effect where they all kind of, like, merged in together and then there was contact.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, so it was, it was Albon and Joe who had the kind of final contact. But Joe er, Albon did well to keep it steady until he didn't. He just disappeared, then obviously he had too much damage.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that ended up with both Bottas and Albon retiring from the race.
0: Yes, Joe, I think, came in like, he... 13 or something so nothing massive to write home about there
1: that's unfortunate again probably a bit of an anonymous stress from them mm-hmm. um so for williams then sergeant also retired so they actually had a double dnf i think did they
0: They did yeah sergeant and albon retired which is very unfortunate i really <laughs> sergeant you had an opportunity to to do something yeah and you didn't i did he crash did he
1: i don't even know i don't even know if they showed it i think maybe it's just some point i realized that he was out of the race
0: god this is sounding awful familiar isn't it like the schumacher effect it's i don't know he, he seems to be going down maybe a little path of that but like i i'm trying to hold out you know logan i'm really rooting for you but it's extremely difficult
1: i think the minute he's the only one that's not signed for next year so everyone has and I
0: still think I still think he's going to be signed for next year personally. I think
1: I think so too. I think the way he's talking about it, he seems pretty confident that they're going to get to an agreement. But yeah, he did a terrible weekend.
0: His days are numbered. Anyway, this will be if he gets signed for next year, it will be his last season. I'd say if he doesn't. P-
1: yeah, agreed.
0: Then do we want to go a little bit further up the field with Ferrari? Perhaps. Sure. They had a good race a
1: decent enough race yeah pretty good for them yeah both cars looking really strong i think signs had a good race leclerc obviously had uh, a decent race i think he finished fourth he did yeah yeah so signs was sacrificed during the pit strategy so the way they had done it they waited a bit long to pit signs unfortunately mm. and he just didn't get the benefit uh, the same benefit that leclerc got but yeah like in fairness they made a good call for leclerc he was the car in front this weekend, so. That's fair enough, but in saying that, Signs also had a really good race. I think if he if there could have been another like three or four laps, I said he would have gotten Hamilton. He probably would have um, managed to, f- to get that done. But he had a really good comeback, even though he lost two or three places because of the pit. He managed to get it back. I don't think I've had a favorite. I definitely think Signs is becoming my favorite driver. Like he's just mm. he's so confident. Like he he has such good intense radio messages that i absolutely love like i don't know if you remember um a couple of years ago i think it was the monza uh, race like a couple of years ago when he was still with mclaren and he was in p2 and it was like the last lap this is when gasly won yeah it was monza gasly wasn't first science was chasing him down his engineer came to the radio and was like oh you can do this science just goes i want this win dumb <laughs> i absolutely love that radio message it's so good
0: He's so funny. Yeah, he's great. He's a good attitude and definitely has a fire under his arse now after the win.
1: Yeah, and congrats to him obviously last week. Um, he's doing really well. Uh, he managed to get a few points. Um, obviously, Claire came fourth. He's closing that gap between him and Signs a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think Signs yeah. is still ahead in the. In the standings he
0: had a nice move on Russell or one of the Mercedes um, at one point on a corner which was in the highlights which I thought was quite impressive
1: I'd say it was Russell because that's who he overtook in the last yes. four laps or so
0: yeah so that's really nice for him to have a good I know he's consistently like he's just shy of the podium but he he is um, he is doing consistently well and that's that's also nice to see
1: yeah that's what I'm saying when when Sainz doesn't have a fantastic weekend he has an okay weekend I think is his mm-hmm. echoes words Leclerc sometimes he has absolute mares
0: yeah it, yeah It signs at least is consistent Mr. Consistency one might say
1: mm. also I think like he's made fantastic uh, career moves like leaving oh, yeah. Red Bull going to McLaren that was fantastic and then going to Ferrari I thought was going to be a bad uh, I thought moving to Ferrari was probably a bad decision but in, in retrospect now I think it was a good decision for him he's done really well from it
0: Yeah, like it was this, whatever was announced the year before. So it must have been, he was driving for 2022. So in 2021, obviously when Ferrari were massively shit in the bed, that, yeah, I think there were a lot of kind of murmurs that maybe he had made the wrong decision, but you're right. I think that was, that was a really smart decision. And I'm also delighted that Ferrari have managed to slowly claw back their strategy to a degree that they're they're utilizing his talent because at the end of the day you can be the talent most talented driver but if you don't have a supportive team that's gonna create a strategy around you then what's the point
1: yeah and i think i think him and leclerc are signed until 2025 yeah i think so so there's no issue with that so i think fred's actually doing a really good job i think mm-hmm. we talked last week but it seems from from this perspective the team's starting to get it together
0: finally finally Right. well, the the other highlighted constructor of the weekend is, of course, McLaren, who finished P2 and P3. So this is Piastri's first, first podium. First podium. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking last week, but that, that was Lando. Amazing.
1: Yeah, congrats to him. He had a great race. And even when he was on the podium or even in the back room, he looked so calm as if it was like, yeah, this happens all the time.
0: God, he is just, he's such a good driver. He's, oh, you can just tell, like. Shout out to Jason Nertney, he saw it from the start, I didn't see it but he, he called it on this podcast out of the three of us that he saw the potential, like he really is just in another league and we're we're only witnessing the start of his talent. Yeah,
1: I think after like four or five races I was like yeah okay, he seems pretty decent um, but yeah from the entire season as a whole he's doing absolutely fantastic, this is a great first rookie season like.
0: Yeah. Definitely. It was really, really exciting. And I think there wasn't a a lot, there's not a lot to say on him this race because he was just very consistent. He had, he obviously lost the place. So I think he was P2 in qualies and then he lost the place at the start of the race to Lando. But in fairness, both of the McLarens really squeezed Max at the start. And that was really exciting to see. Yeah,
1: he almost lost the position. It was very close. Mm
0: very very close they definitely
1: discussed that that was like a good good move from them
0: yes definitely that was really really interesting to see the teamwork on the grid
1: yeah so I'll probably go through again like I was saying he looked very confident Uh, not only that he seemed really confident when he was driving the car he made another call that didn't come to fruition it was if there was another safety car in the last like 10 laps that he would pit and put on softs I think it was a really like ballsy um, call from him and not only that but it's like He didn't even second guess himself he didn't ask for anything he was just like i will put on softs if there's a if there's a safety car like i don't like i know it doesn't seem like much but i think like for a driver that young and like to be that confident i think it's a good sign i think obviously last weekend lando had gotten the upgrades but this weekend piastri had gotten them as well so you can really see the the difference from last oh, week forgot about that yeah. yeah so last week he didn't place too highly and lando mm-hmm. came second but this weekend you can see that like he's right up there with lando obviously i think the main issue with piastri at the minute is from what i've seen and heard is that it's tire management so obviously lando has a bit more yeah. experience he can manage it well so like realistically the difference between them in the minute is probably, yeah, the tyre management. And with a couple of more races, maybe another year of experience, he'll probably get that down as well. So it's looking really promising for him. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And then
0: Lando, who is a fine teammate for him, had uh, a good race as well. Obviously, he, as we just said, had a great start and then kept that position really well. Um, There were team orders, I think, at 1.2 swap positions
1: yeah there's there was team order swap positions and i think there's a bit of miscommunication because i think lando might have been told oh yeah you ready to swap oscar's good to swap or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when lando went to do it oscar didn't let him so i don't know if oscar was told uh, at the time um but i think the next time lando tried the swap cars with no issue so it was just a bit of miscommunication i thought it was interesting um, yeah
0: definitely I would love to hear the the other side of that radio the whole conversation
1: yeah I think it was a good call uh, for them though um, definitely like Piastri's still having a good race um, but yeah I think it was the tyre management Lando could eke out a bit more speed Um, they also had a really good strategy for I can't remember when it was earlier in the race they managed to get Piastri in right as the. so they saw uh, Debris on the on the track and they mm-hmm. had Oscar come in the pit. And as he was coming in, the the virtual safety car uh, came out. And so it was fantastic for him.
0: Stunning.
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. Time. Literally, as he pulled up and pulled, as he was pulling into the pits, not like the pit lane, but like into his pit mm-hmm. box, the virtual safety car came out and all the cars had to slow around. So he, like, it was perfect timing for him. Very, very amazing.
0: Lucky. Wow, that was excellent whoever spotted that uh that debris on the track eagle eyed mclaren engineer fair play
1: i can't remember if it was because of the first crash or if there was uh if it might have been the second time perez bumped into magnuson and um, couldn't remember that there so it wasn't like it wasn't like oh there's a bit of debris it was it was like obvious it was pretty obvious but they were just the first people to react i think other teams might have thought you know it's a bit early in the race maybe to to be pitting but it mm. worked out really well for them
0: that could have gone really badly in fairness in case there wasn't a safety car or whatever or the safety car came in after Piastri had like pulled back out of the pits. That was, that, that was a great risk that that pulled off for sure. Fair play, Fair play to you, McLaren. Hmm. And I know there were a few back burners um, on this race where there was some really, really interesting players creating a lot of conflict and creating a lot of drama and then there were some who were just existing And I think instead of going through our remaining teams, we might just have a quick talk about our DNFs and um, what happened there. So we've obviously discussed Albon DNFing, we've discussed Sargent and we've discussed Perez. I think Stroll, we had said, what did we say about Stroll?
1: He's having an absolute terrible second half of the season.
0: We actually don't know what happened to him. We just know that it's not his time to shine.
1: I I know his father owns...
0: Personally, do you?
1: Laurence? <laughs> oh, I know Lawrence. We're good buddies. <laughs> now, get him in the podcast. Um Super. But I know his father is the... I don't know if he's the owner or if he's the biggest share. Or he's if he's owner. just highly involved in Aston Martin. I don't know what the situation is. I know, but I know he's involved somehow. So... I know it's likely that Lance probably won't lose his seat, but just the way it's going, I know we we defended him earlier in the season, mm. but just the way it's looking, I, I don't know, um, like, probably not next year, but if he doesn't get it back together, like, I don't know.
0: He won't deserve it at all in, in any capacity. Yeah. And you don't want to be the Latifi of your career. Definitely not. I think Lauren Stroll owns the... Uh, the F1 team and he also has like an insane amount of um, financial stake in Aston Martin like I don't know if he has over 50% but he has quite a significant amount
1: I of don't it. know if he owns the team necessarily I think there was an, I think there was an agreement from a couple of people in the paddock that grouped together to make like a umbrella company that then oh, bought maybe. Aston Martin or something along those lines um, this is where we need someone with a bit more information we could look if only
0: up. we had an F1
1: if <laughs> only we in. had the internet <laughs> but it's late and I'm tired so we're not exactly. going to do that
0: sorry gang I'm sure Lawrence won't be listening so he won't
1: he is of course he is us. I know him personally he listens to the podcast
0: well Lawrence feel free to call into the correction corner for next week
1: it's also confirmed that Max doesn't listen to our podcast
0: I can't believe it why he hasn't been listening to us talk week in week out about how boring that he's made the sport
1: it's not discriminatory though because he says he doesn't like podcasts in general so
0: and i'm sure if he did he'd listen to this one
1: i think that there's a couple of things i'd like to mention just as general points from the race as well um lawson fantastic race um, I don't think he's going to oh get. Oh for, forgot about him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a seat for next year. Obviously, all the seats are kind of taken up. Sarge is the last mm-hmm. one to be signed, but I don't think it's likely that he's not going to be signed at this stage. Um, and I don't think Red Bull would loan out another driver to Williams. Um, but so he
0: definitely. We this is not the last we've seen of him.
1: No, hundred percent. Like he looks really strong. He's put his best foot forward. I really think he's got a space in F1 in the coming years. So it might not be next year, Well, sorry, definitely not going to be next year. But maybe the no. year after that we might see something. So 2024 2025 at the very latest I could see Yuki going to Honda in 2026 and yeah. Lawson sitting in there. Um yeah.
0: I hope he gets a spot before. That I would say maybe Yuki's going to get dropped. I don't I don't know. I've made too many sweeping predictions about AlphaTauri across this season on this podcast so I'm going to try C's but I would be disappointed t- to see the last of Lawson for a few years um, yeah
1: Sam, Yeah. Um. the other thing I would like to mention uh, is that I thought there was way too much use of helmet cam in this race
0: oh interesting
1: yeah like uh, I think it's great for the odd thing but like it's genuinely such a bad angle I don't know like i know people maybe if they're if they're into um particularly into racing and like are part of like motorsport that they would enjoy that cam view um or people that play the game maybe a lot and they use that cam view but Mm. i just find it really irritating like it's through the visor and then it's through like all the layers of fucking peel and it's not the same as like your human vision like your human vision can like distinguish through that after You, you get
0: don't used. like it
1: at all. It's just really jarring. It's like it's wobbly. It's like a really bad version of Shaky Cam in films. Because like it's not even like pointed in the right direction. It's off to the side, pointing slightly sideways. And then like after like the reason the drivers can see, I think, in when they're wearing their helmets with the visors down and the and the pale strips in front, like their vision gets used to it after having worn it for a while. Whereas when it cuts to it, on camera it just it just looks like shit and not only that it's like I don't know like even the vision from the cockpit isn't great do you know what I mean Like it's just there was so much happening in this race that I was really excited to see and there was overtakes happening but they were showing the helmet view and it was just like this is garbage they showed Leclerc overtaking uh, Russell entirely in his helmet cam and you just Mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on I didn't like it So that's my hot take.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a controversial take. I agree in what you're saying that it is not a good angle when you want to see the moves, the overtakes, you want to see the battles, you want to get a better perspective. I disagree, though, on everything else that you said, though, because I think it's a really interesting angle. I think it gives you a very unique, special insight into what it's basically that's the closest thing you're ever going to get to seeing what it's like to be an f1 driver driving an f1 car going at the speeds that they do and i think it gives like a really good insight into what that's like and it's cool and i love there's another angle that's like on the front wing or something and i love that one too because it just like
1: i like the front i like the the front wing camera because that that's uh, that is quite cool but Mm. like i don't watch for that reason like i watch because i want to see the action as a viewer like i that's what i'm saying i think i get why people like it i don't Mm -hmm. like it because i don't i'm not particularly interested in driving obviously
0: (laughs) yeah i mean neither am i i just like i like to get a real like intimate sense of what it's like to be in the driver's seat you know
1: i do think it's like that's a cool interesting camera view but like i don't want to see it like during a race unless there's nothing happening but if they're if they're using that preferentially over better camera angles to actually see and comprehend what's happening on track. That irritates me.
0: I actually really I I do like when they use the camera for certain battles because it shows you really how like I don't know. I sometimes find myself tensing when like there's a there's a battle between two cars and we're in the the helmet cam because you're like oh oh my god like it, you feel yourself tense like it's it's really like a visceral reaction. But I don't know. Let us know, fe- uh, fellow listeners. What do you think of the helmet cam? Um,
1: and the last thing I want to mention was Bernie Collins. Great commentary. I'm own becoming real. a real big fan of hers. Obviously I'm biased because she's Irish. She was making a couple of calls. Like they got her on, It's like, oh, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? She made a great call from Russell. It was like, oh, he's probably going to try a one-stop because of X, Y, and Z. And then all of a sudden, two minutes later, Claren had, were on the radio to lando i think it was and was like oh mm. looks like russell's mm-hmm. gonna do a one stop so like obviously she's worked as a, me- not a mechanic but like a strategist i think Um yeah. for aston martin previously so she knows what to look out for and what teams might be thinking so i think it's really good to get insights from her i really really enjoyed that and obviously me- i'm definitely biased because she's irish but she gives good yeah. commentary and she's irish
0: i totally agree Callum. um she is great i think she's like breath of fresh air really interesting like no bullshit no fanfare of commentary as well that we see from a lot of the other Sky um commentators she, she no makes ego unbelie- huh? no, no ego, ego either no ego she just makes good solid takes and explains it and that's great and I think we need more people like her commentating to give us uh, an insight into the strategy and what's going on in the, in the pit wall a little bit more So, this week we actually remembered to do the race ranking. Obviously, I have a bit of a limited view onto what the race was like, but Column, where would you rank this race?
1: Number one. Best race of the season. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably put it up there. I think definitely one of the top three spots for me. Yeah, I don't know why I liked it so much. I think it's obviously, like, Suzuka's a new track as well, and I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really cool track. Um, Mm. It was very fast-paced. There's a good few places for overtakes, I thought. Um, And just there's a lot of action. Um, So I, I really enjoyed this race.
0: Do you think, though, that because there were some drivers who didn't get any action, that hinders it?
1: I don't know. There's, like... I think even last weekend in singapore there was a few drivers that didn't really have much going on like we even said like there was anonymous drivers because there was so much going on and i think it was similar this weekend there was just so much happening there's so much battles on the track mm. damage pit strategy um there just wasn't time to show everyone like we didn't even see all the DNFs, which were there were like five i think in the end so mm. from my perspective it was a really good race um, probably would, not up with Singapore, obviously.
0: No. I would personally have put it in between Monaco at 5th and Zandvoort at 4th. So oh, it okay. fifth.
1: I was probably well, going to go I, maybe like somewhere in between Spain and Austria. So I'd say maybe we could do like a compromise and maybe put it in 4th.
0: Yeah, I think that is fair. So put it in between yeah, Spain and Zandvoort. So... Right, we are putting it in. So, officially, Suzuka is our top, in our top five now, at number
1: four. Ooh. I also think it's interesting, because the last, the the race that got just got bumped out of the top five was Monaco, and the notes there say, bumper cars, strolling pairs, had a mare. <laughs> Which I think... <laughs> is similar notes i would have for this race
0: Yes, yeah, that's funny isn't it
1: mm. so that will be all from us this week folks thanks for tuning in we'll be back next wednesday with our preview for the Qatar grand prix if you've enjoyed the podcast please be sure to give it a follow on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen it really helps if you leave a review there and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen
0: we're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out Coley Illustrations, who do all our lovely artwork. So, thanks for listening. I've been Gemma.
1: I've been Colm, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Good luck.